the storytelling that we actually need is the progression. We just want to see something get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and then and then come to a, a good conclusion. That is it. I kind of want to get into a bit of like how you got started in this creator space because you've obviously talked to a lot of people. You know a lot mm -hmm. about it. How'd you like end up here? How'd you get started? Man, long time coming. So it's kind of a funny thing. I don't know if I'm like most people, but I don't like being in front of people a lot. So like right here with me on camera, I'm like, I just set up my camera. I have my DSLR, but I've got a C920 running here because I'm like, oh crap, I got to use a face cam. Even when I'm in calls with some of these monster channels that are multi-millions of subs, like I'm just voice. Um, and so with my YouTube channel coming up, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware or if many people are even aware, but uh, I built my own channel to over a million subscribers and worked really hard to get there. I decided, you know what? I, I do want to help people because I like. I'm a teacher. I don't know. I don't know if you're aware about that either. But I was a fourth grade teacher, and then I, I taught. Uh, I taught for four years, and then I taught PE for two. And I was just like, how can I? use the skills that I learned to help other people. And I did the whole way up. I'm like, you know, hundred thousand subscribers. Some of these, some of these younger kids and these, these smaller channels look at you like you're some kind of a God, hundred thousand. You can see my, my silver plaque up here. And, you know, of course at the time I'm going, man, I know everything. I got this thing figured out. And then of course you hit 300,000. You're like, Whoa, this is hard. 500,000. You're like, dang, man, this is, it's kind of that, uh, that Dunning Kruger effect where it's like, I'm a genius. Wait, I actually know very little. And then when you start coming up on that, on that back, that tail end of going, wow, I actually do know a lot. Like I'm very confident in the fact that anybody can ask me anything about YouTube and I'll have experienced it before myself, experienced before by working with these big channels. Um, anything when it comes to like monetization, of course, thumbnails, titles, retention. I'm just like, I've got to figure it out. So <laughs> I went to a million subs. I, I, I challenged myself. If, I, I said, if I actually know this stuff before I start teaching it to someone else, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to, I'm going to build another channel up. So I started a second channel and within six months hit 600 or excuse me, 250,000 subscribers. And I thought, you know what, this is fun and all about two years ago. Um, a good friend and mentor of mine, I didn't even really know this was a thing. I knew he had a team on YouTube. I knew that he had like three guys on his team and I had never really heard about this. I did everything myself. I edited thumbnail, come up with concepts, script writing, I did all that on my own channel all the way up to a million subscribers with minor help here and there when I felt I could trust somebody. Um, so being a creator, I know what creators want. But this guy offered me, he said, him and I were, were joking one day and I was, I was doing Fortnite content at the time. I said, hey, if Fortnite goes down, save me a spot on your team. And we both kind of laughed. We're like, ha, ha, sure, yeah, sounds good. And a week later, he comes to me and he goes, he goes, by the way, I wasn't joking. I would hire you in a heartbeat. And I was like, first of all, Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. You see, you see that in me at three or 4 million subscribers at the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm honored, but what the heck are you talking about? I don't think I'd be able to do what you do at your level. And I had already built my, my YouTube, YouTube legends course, which I, I, I need to update at this point. Um, I already built this course. He wanted to see this whole course. I had no idea. I mean, he's a busy man. I don't, I don't know why he wanted to see this, but he went all the way through it. And that possibly was the reason that he would want to bring me on to his team. Um, so long story short, join his team. We just killed it. 
Um, the moment I joined, we just, and then ever since then, um, I actually moved all the way up to like manager on the team. So I even brought on people myself. He just really trusts me to give him time. I always tell people, I'm like, I'll give you time back and I'll make you more money than you pay me. And if I can't do that, I'll, I'll get rid of myself. But I was able to use that position to say, hey, I'm doing this for this person. Do you need help too? Do you need help too? Do you need help too? And what became like me not wanting to be, going all the way back to the original point, is not wanting to be the face of something. Now I get to be behind the scenes, helping people and just lifting them up. And I've, I've already done the creator thing. Some of, some of the people in my shoes, they want to be, they want to maybe use each position as a stepping stone. For me, when I join the channel, that is my, that's my final place. I'm here. If I can't get you more views, I, I have failed my job. That is my goal, to do whatever it takes to get you more views. Um, and so that's, that's where I'm at today. I just I call myself a ghost. I'm on the back end of many, many channels now, uh, building an entire team. We're going to go full agency soon, and it's, it's, been, it's been going great. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, what is like, I don't know, I guess, what drew you to like the back end? Because most mm. people, you'd expect them to want to be in the spotlight just based on Pretty like much. a majority of human nature. You know what I right. mean? Right. Now, is that just like how, who you are and like how I you think? think? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to describe, you know, because I look around and it's one of those things where I go, Am, am I normal? Right. We always have those, those things about us where we go, is that normal? Am I normal? Am I normal in this area? And I think it's pretty abnormal um, because I think a lot of people really want fame. They want to be noticed and things like that. And it, it, the funniest thing is like, I don't know if my voice is even that unique or not. Uh, some people say, say that it is, but even when I was not showing my face at all, even in my own videos, I went up to Walgreens one time and <laughs> And the guy was kind of looking at me, right? And I, I haven't even showed my face very much. I think I did one face reveal in a video right around 10,000 subscribers. So we're talking a long time ago. Um, Twitter, I put, I put a couple pictures up of me and my family and stuff like that. And uh, he recognized my voice. And I, I felt that feeling, right? Like he looked at me, he was, and then he heard me talk. And then, of course, he's like, he's like, hey, do you have the rewards or whatever? And so I type in my phone number. He's like, he goes, dude, you do you do YouTube? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, Denver, holy crap. And I go, I go, yeah, man, you watch a lot of Fortnite. He goes, it, he blew my mind. He goes, he goes, no, I used to watch uh, your Stardew Valley videos. I'm like, where, what, how? You know, somebody in my not so big town is like, you know, recognize me by my voice. So point being, I do understand the feeling of going, yo, I'm famous. Oh my gosh, people recognize me. But like, there's nothing to that feeling to me. Like, it's like, that's cool. But I've always been the kind of person that just like, you know, hat down. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I don't wear like, you know, the dark glasses and just like, <laughs> I just always like to be low key and, and just a, a, another, I don't even know if this is an analogy or what or, or not, but when I was a teacher, the thought of me being a principal, I was like, that's way too much. You're way too much in the spotlight. You know, it's like, parents have a problem they come to you the superintendent has a problem come to you teachers have a problem they come to you and and you know what position i really thought would be perfect 
assistant principal. Hey, I'll be second in charge. We'll, we'll elevate the top guy. I'll be able to do a lot from the back end. I'll be able to have just as big as an effect with training teachers, with making kids, you know, teaching kids, but also making them love school and stuff like that. I thought, I just always thought that was way more appealing to me. So I'm not quite sure why, because I definitely in this position, I'm, I'm very much so a leader amongst uh, my teammates and stuff, right? A lot of teammates look to me, not only for like YouTube advice, but life advice, because a lot of that is, you know, a lot of the things we have to do behind the scenes is almost being a therapist for creators, funny enough, because there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I've always just liked kind of being in the background and just lifting others up. And so it's been a, it's been a challenge for me, because as you know, as a business owner, bringing in new clients and stuff, getting your name out there. You have to you have to get your name out there. You have to try. It's not just going to accidentally happen. Um, so you know, just just trying to go against my very core and will and personality and saying, okay, I, I gotta I gotta establish myself in this space because it benefits the business and therefore it benefits my team on the back end and and their and their lives as well. So, long story short, that's so true. I can relate to that too. It's almost an unnatural thing to like put your face out there and it's like pretty uncomfortable mm. sometimes because mm. it's like oh people can see me it's like i'd They're rather judge just... me yes, yeah exactly i'd rather just like build this thing in the quiet <laughs> right but... i love that man i love the thought you know it's kind of like some of the biggest companies we know some of the guys, some of the developers and stuff, will never know their names. Some of the some of the favorite video games we've ever played, will never know what was going on behind it and who the true superstars were. Uh, sometimes we do, but for the most part, we don't know. We just something goes out in the world. It's really enjoyable, makes a lot of people happy, and of course, you know, it's a natural human instinct to say, "I want credit for that." I've done it. I mean, I've got I've got my my plaques right here in the back. I've done it. And I think that works for my benefit because a lot of these younger guys come in and and props to them, respect to them, because I understand why they want that. But they'll say, hey, man, uh, you know, I came up with this idea. Can you put my name in the description, too? Can I add my name in there so people know that I I helped you? I just have no inclination of doing that. I have to force myself to do that because, again, it is it is beneficial to the business. Um, and that's kind of why I want to do an agency instead of just myself. I don't want people to just hire Denver or that Denver guy. I'd rather just kind of run the business and elevate a team and say, hey, here's my team of experts, former YouTubers. These guys have done it. They've worked at the highest level as well. We are going to help you out as opposed to me. I'm the guy. You know, everybody, everybody recognize me for all my greatness and, and accomplishments. I'm not saying that people are doing that. I just don't. I just don't personally uh, that's not one of my goals, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's so, so understandable to me. It's like, you just want to be able to, like, do this stuff without having, like, the extra, like, I don't know, eyes on you. Now, yeah, when you're, like, yeah. growing your channels, because you said you had multiple, you did it multiple times, right? What mm -hmm. were those channels, actually? So, my main channel was, and this is where I got my, well, I guess both of these plaques here. So uh, that Denver guy was my main channel, and I was I was teaching fourth grade. I think I was like 26, 27 years old. It was way back now. I'm old. I'm a boomer. Um, but I decided, you know what? Why not? Like a lot of my students were coming in, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but we can imagine some of the YouTubers that weren't like making child 
family friendly like content uh not ki not not kids content but just like clean content right it's like there was just so much garbage on youtube before especially like the kappa thing went down and they cleaned a lot of it up but i was like my students were coming in they're like they're like repeating some of the words and phrases that youtubers were saying i was like dude okay i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try to just make clean family-friendly content that my students can enjoy and that's that's when i started that up so that denver guy just beat my name being denver i was like all right that denver guy. i didn't know what it was going to become and then i just found out i loved it and it just i started out with like top 10 videos i think is a fantastic idea so anybody who's listening I will tell anybody and everybody, if you're just starting out on YouTube and you want a really good early boost, but to still challenge yourself and learn editing and, and everything else that you need to learn, but still be so inherently valuable that a lot of people can click on, do top five, top 10, top 11, whatever you want to do, top 50. Um, if you go in with a lot of those listicle type videos, to me, it's like, it's a, it's an amazing early start. And so that's how I got my early start. And then uh, just just built that all the way up to a million at some point, just because I stopped making content, it's probably going to drop below a million subs, <laughs> but at least I'll have this to prove that I did it. And then my other channel, um, I called it this Denver guy at the time, uh, my, my main channel. And I think any business owner, or even like anybody who's, who's had a YouTube channel, it, it like be successful. You start to realize that, you have to be kind of corporate with it. You have to follow the rules, right? Well, do you want to grow? Do you want subscribers? Do you want more views? Here's the rules on YouTube. Like you can't just go in there and be like, you know what? I really like cakes. I'm going to, here's just watch me make a cake. It has to be a certain type of editing. It has to be a certain type of value to show the audience. Here's how to make the cake. And here's all the tips. You can't just say, watch me do something fun. That's what we used to do in gaming too. Watch me play Minecraft. Millions of views. Those days are gone. So you have to follow the rules on YouTube. You really do. As with any business out there, you kind of have to follow a, a set of rules. You can do some stuff for yourself, put in, obviously people want to see your personality too, but you have to follow the rules. So I wanted a second channel where I could do whatever I want. And of course, being the YouTuber that I am, being the efficiency minded, uh, hey, if I'm gonna put time into it, I want the most value out of it possible. It turned into a corporate <laughs> channel too. So it went from me messing around and saying, you know what, I'm just gonna do what I want, uh, make fun videos that I feel like making and just have a creative outlet. All of a sudden that became top list too. Um, so it's called Den Top 10. And then after a while, when I was kind of getting out of content creation, I was looking around YouTube and I thought, you know, your mind starts going, I, I, YouTube automation is the, is the big, I even get asked about that a lot. I'm like, how do you know about that? Like I got asked randomly, Hey, I'm thinking about making like five channels and doing this with it. I'm like, wow, I, apparently I'm not the only one interested in these faceless, funny enough, they're called faceless channels, faceless automated channels. You hire a team, you say, here's the topic. The team goes, they write the script, they find the clips, they even voice it if you've got a good enough team, then they edit it and some will even make a thumbnail for you. You throw that up on YouTube. So I wanted to see kind of what that was like to have a faceless channel. I converted um, the Den Top 10, it was like, it was like top, top list videos to clips. I started doing clips. I knew a lot of the, these guys in the Fortnite scene. I was able to get their permission and say, Hey, can I put the clip up as long as I, you know, link you in the, in the description and all that stuff. And everybody loved it. I mean, this channel was 5 million views a month before I knew it. And it was bringing in, even though it was really short clips, it was like 
$2 RPM, which blew my mind at the time. I thought that was great. On my main channel, I was only getting like 3 or $4 RPM. So just by making clips and finding this like really cool process, I was able to bring in like 10000 extra dollars per month just by putting out like two clips a day. I mean, 60 clips a month, that's that's nothing. You can edit that up in no time. I won't say it's easy. I will not say it's easy. In fact, I, I got to a million subs on my main channel. On the second channel, when I went to clips, I feel like that is where I learned the absolute most in what will people click on. And so it really pushed me, challenged me, and made me even better. You know, to put, put your skills to the test and you'll see what you know and what you don't know. Yeah, it's so true. I liked how you were talking about how you were YouTube automation, you were switching over to that. Um, can you just like go into that a little bit more depth about yeah. some of the logistical side of that and like how yeah. that worked? I, I think YouTube automation is going to be growing a lot in the next several years. And especially as when we look at AI and what AI is doing to the game, um, we have AI images. Obviously, we've all seen these like crazy pictures. They're so Will strange. we be making AI thumbnails soon? I, I think so. Why not? In 10 years? Oh, my gosh. Like, I believe we will have AI thumbnails. Um, so going off this, like, AI kind of taking over everything, I feel like this, and it's kind of sad to say, but this, like, less creative, less thoughtful, less heartfelt um, approach to content creation is just going to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And it sounds sad, but really the truth is a lot of the content that I feel like we consume now is just kind of like automated. Just here you go. I think Bo Burnham had a song. It was like, I made you some content, right? I don't know if you've ever seen that song, but the whole song is just, I made you some content. Here you go. Here you go. Like, it's so funny. You look around on YouTube and you go, wow. And I mean this in no, no offense at all. This isn't the highest quality content, but it's valuable to the people who want to watch it, it serves a purpose and people are just looking for something to binge always. The TV shows we watch, it's not like they're all the best TV shows we watch, we still watch them. Why? Because we're just looking for content. So that's where I think YouTube automation comes in, whether it be through learning, um, you know, you could do top 10 ways to like improve your DIY projects to improve your house. As long as you put a little bit of effort in that, you're going to come out with some pretty cool content. Top 10, you know, craziest Minecraft builds ever. Um, finance, like top top 10 ways to uh, safely invest in the stock market. So you're, it's, it still serves a purpose. Is it as heartfelt? Is it me sitting down, writing a script, putting my heart into editing? No. And here's why. Because what we learned on YouTube is effort does not equal results and what i mean by that is i hear so many creators say it's almost like a known thing that we all laugh at youtube doesn't care if you put 100 hours or one hour into a video does the audience want it or do they not that is all that matters in fact some of the times we put the most effort into content we we get the lowest results and sometimes i mean i've had videos that i whipped up in 30 minutes for like a news video for Fortnite. Uh, 30 minutes later, this thing's got, you know, 3 million views or something like that. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to see that effort and results just don't really often have a correlation. And so with YouTube automation, the whole goal is, and it sounds lazy, but really it's kind of how, it, it's kind of how we live our lives is what is the least I can do with getting the most value? And I feel like that's, it sounds lazy, right? It sounds like negative, like, whoa, no, I want to put my heart and soul. Let me ask you this. If you could work for one hour and make $100, 
or work for one hour and make a thousand dollars, what would any of us choose? Yeah, thousand right. bucks, right? So YouTube automation kind of fulfills that like, oh my gosh, I could just pay a team 50 bucks, hardly do any work, and then just post on YouTube and possibly make $500 on that video. $450 for doing very little. I'm like, man, it's it's it seems so lucrative and it is. There are channels that are actually doing that. And so that's why I think we're just going to see a flood of just this like automated kind of somewhat heartless content, but still provides value. I think it's coming in. I think we're going to see a rush within the next five years. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. How, um, I guess, are some of those like formatted videos kind of um, repeated throughout the content? Like you oh, mentioned yeah. top tens and stuff. What are some of those kind of formats that you see like frequently? Um, well, there's a negative and there's a positive side to this, right? YouTube, like, I, like I'm talking about YouTube automation and where YouTube is going. I believe, let me take that back. I know <laughs> the amount of copying that goes on in YouTube. And I say that as it sounds negative, right? Like, oh, everybody's copying one another. The truth is, there's an old saying, like, don't reinvent the wheel. Why fix it if it's not broken? As teachers, we used to have a saying, we would say, uh, beg, borrow, and steal. Never once did you have a teacher go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to steal. You're, you definitely are asking your teachers next door, hey, what strategies do you have and what can I bring into my classroom? I want to do exactly what that guy's doing. Imagine if you walk into like a, a gym and you're, and you're working out, some guy's over here and he's like 250 pounds and just jacked, jacked to the core. You're going you're gonna to want to know what's this guy doing and how can I do that too? That doesn't mean I'm going to show up with the same headphones on the next time or the same, you know, I'm not going to match clothes with him, but I want to know what he's doing. Okay. What are you eating? Uh, what kind of like supplements are you taking? Um, what kind of lifts do you think are best? I want to know because I want to do exactly that. So copying in the YouTube sense, I feel like YouTube is way behind on this. Um, again, you can take it negatively. If you're literally stealing people's content, you're doing it wrong. But if you're, searching youtube and you're scrolling for hours and you're finding i call it content mining um if you're searching and searching man what are the good ideas what do people want to watch what did this small channel do to pop off that's what i want to know in research that's why i am so good at what i do is because i do a lot of research same with marketing guess what you go ask you go ask marketers copywriters and most business people what are some of the most successful strategies that they use they they literally will say we'll steal what others are doing that's that's what they say. YouTubers though were like, no, it's got to be unique. It's got to be my own content. I respect creators who do that, but I've also seen those same people sit for five, seven, ten years, going nowhere. They're at a thousand subscribers. Finally, they hit a thousand. They've got four thousand videos because they've been uploading daily. I look at that and I go, what are you doing? This isn't working. You got to try something else. And one of the safest things to do is go, what are these other channels like me doing? And how can I emulate that? Wendy's looked at McDonald's and said, hey, red and yellow, that looks pretty good together. Hey, burgers and fries, we could do that too. Square burgers though, this is where it's, okay, we'll do square burgers and, then, and, and we'll serve baked potatoes and chili. Hey, we're different. I mean, are they ever going to beat McDonald's? Probably not. But again, if, if your goal is just an awesome, like a, an awesome career and sustainable living, 
I mean, Wendy's is a multi-billion dollar corporation and all they pretty much did was just copy McDonald's, right? I don't know what happened in the boardroom, but I'm assuming that McDonald's, well, what's McDonald's doing? I'm, I assume that was a big part of the conversation. So um, in saying all of this, smaller channels don't copy, don't steal, but definitely very much so emulate what is successful in a thumbnail, in a, in a title format, in the actual contents of the video. What are they doing and why do so many people want to watch them? And not you, because you've got to figure that out. Otherwise, you go nowhere. It is a game of competition. If they're better than you and they're just getting all the viewers, that means you're not. You're not going to get any. So that's kind of the general idea. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I liked how you were uh, comparing it to McDonald's and Wendy's because it is a very similar thing. It's like there's a phrase that I've heard thrown around quite often. is like steal like an artist. It's like yes. you kind of have to take some inspiration mm -hmm. while mm -hmm. it's like not all artistry i guess because there's definitely components of that to youtube and i mean depending on who you ask right. you might get a different answer but like that's true i feel like can... the ones who won't admit it are just afraid to right? <laughs> they're like yeah. no i don't i don't steal no no it couldn't be me you know and, and again like when i say steal i'm not saying like you go and you go to somebody's channel and you right click save as and you use their thumbnail even though i've seen some very shameless stealing in that sense um this is simply a matter of hey this guy did a you know he survived in the desert for 24 hours in a lego house let's survive on a mountaintop for 24 hours in a lego house right it's a different video and in the end if you think about it you couldn't copy them if you tried I mean, really, you're going to end up making your own thumbnail, but the whole contents of the video is you and what you decided to do. You literally can't be you can't you can't steal unless you right click save as it's all it's all it's all in your favor. So YouTubers need to learn from marketers. They need to learn from uh, copywriters and stuff and just say, hey, I'm going to look around for inspiration. And you said steal like an artist. One of my favorite quotes of all time. I think this was Albert Einstein as well. He said, uh, he said, the secret to creativity is knowing how to hide your sources. And I heard that when I was 1,000 subs, and it is just as true today, working with multi-million sub channels. The secret to creativity is knowing how to hide your sources. That is every artist out there that's ever lived. And it makes sense. Yeah, it really does, because you kind of rebrand it, but it's like you still have the parts that are... I guess like valuable it's like the, the meat successful of it. elements yeah exactly the meat of it yep i i no longer look at youtube as just like oh that's a cool video let's do that i look at the the, the format the patterns right the elements it's like a recipe if i want to cook something really good i'm going to figure out what this chef is doing like you know we have kfc like what are the secret ingredients so i always want to know what are the secret ingredients Imagine if you could find the secret ingredients to KFC's recipe, right? I mean, you'd be making it at home and you'd probably be making millions of dollars selling your own fried chicken. It's the same thing for YouTube. It's like, what are the elements? What, what did they do in the first 10 seconds of the video? How many times did Mr. Beast cut? And should we do that too, right? That's the question is, it, it, will it work for me? If I go to Mr. Beast's video and I'm like, oh, he made uh, the world's biggest I don't know, Lego house or whatever, since we were talking about that. The, Mr. Beast made the world's biggest Lego house. Let's do that too. World's biggest Lego house. You put 30 hours into it. You filmed it. You're really proud. And then 10 people watch it. You're not Mr. Beast. You have your own product to give the world. Again, Wendy's has their own product. Even though it's burgers and fries, they still change it around. The burger tastes a little bit different. They offer different products. It's the same thing overall, but it's different.
Same with Arby's and like Lion's Choice. It's kind of the same thing overall. They're doing the same exact thing, but they both do their separate things that fit their brand better. Whatever the owner decided, whatever the CEO and the board of directors, they do things a little bit differently to appeal to a certain audience. And that's what you have to do as a YouTuber as well. Yeah, definitely. Because there's, I mean, I guess everyone is different, but it's like if you're building the same thing as someone else, you don't want to watch that twice. They're going to go to exactly. the one that they know, which is... 99% of the time, right. the bigger person, right? Yeah, yeah. If you put yourself in direct competition with somebody who's going to smash you, I'm not going to step in the ring with a guy who's 300 pounds and has been boxing his whole life. I will lose. That's Mr. Beast. He's the, he's the, he's the gigantic heavyweight that you don't want to get in the ring with. So you have to do, in that sense, you have to do something very different from him. Similar elements. Again, it's got to feel familiar. It's kind of like every superhero movie. If somebody new came on the block and made a superhero movie, they would still need a villain, right? They would still need to like have the, the, the superhero get the girl and beat the villain in the end and go through a tragedy. All those elements are the same. Every superhero movie is almost the exact same, but they try to be a little bit different, a little bit of a different backstory. You just don't want to enter yourself in the ring with somebody who will absolutely smash you. No matter what you do, you can't beat them, right? So, Yeah, no, exactly. I totally understand how it's like you can't do that, but it's like similar stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I saw a tweet of yours recently that was talking about story versus progression, which is really mm -hmm. interesting and kind of relates to this as it's like, it's almost like building blocks or like keeping that same format like we were talking mm -hmm. about. Now, can you just elaborate on the difference between progression versus storytelling as I think you were sure. it? Because it's like that is almost a buzzword now where it's mm, like people, I know. people how, how long you got? All right, let's kick back. Let's <laughs> talk about this. Um, it is the it is one of the biggest buzzwords out there. And I was I was almost afraid to tweet that just because some people they get so latched on to like a certain concept and an idea and they like start basing their entire thought process around, especially when a lot of YouTubers are like, Oh, storytelling, storytelling, storytelling is very important. But here's the thing. Not every YouTube video that's 10 minutes long needs to worry about storytelling. A lot of the channels that are worried about storytelling, you have time. You're building this like long, almost TV show of a video that it, the longer it is, the more effective storytelling will be. When you're dealing with shorts and you have 30 seconds, you're telling a story, but really the, the part of the storytelling that we actually need is the progression. We just want to see something get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and then, and then come to a, a good conclusion. That is it, right? So we have the hook in shorts. Like, for example, we have you, you want to start out with your hook. You want to still have some good content, and then you want to end. I, I have never watched a short and I was like, you know what? That was a really good story. It's either just good content or it's not. That's it. So here's something we do in gaming a lot. And I do a lot of IRL challenges and stuff like that. But gaming is the perfect example. We don't need a guide to the hero in, in a GTA video. We don't. 1 million, 2 million, 10 million views later, there was hardly any storytelling. What we did do was start off with something really cool and a lot of action right? We just, we, we had a harder challenge, a slightly harder challenge, and then kind of a hard challenge. And that was it. So this, I think this is what people refer to as storytelling. It sounds like you're, you need to actually, oh man, how do I, how do I d distinguish this? 
it sound with storytelling it almost sounds like you're like telling some disney fairy tale or something or we look to hollywood too much youtube is different we cannot just look at like a, a superhero story and go oh who, who can be our villain who's our bad guy let's get a bad guy in the story all right like i said who's gonna be our guide who's gonna help me who's gonna help me come overcome my obstacles nobody just go do it just it's hard it's really hard you're gonna try you might you know yell a little bit while you're playing gta or something and then you're gonna beat it and then the video is gonna end or you start off as uh Here's one that we've seen like a million people do in gaming. I think it was in Minecraft, GTA, and every other game. You start off being able to jump a little bit, and then by the end of the video, you're jumping like to the moon and stuff. That's it. You didn't need a story. All people just wanted to stick around. The story that they're sticking around for is, oh man, I can't wait to see how high he's going to jump in the end. That's it. You're overcoming some obstacles while you're doing it. Oh no, a boss is like trying to hit you. But you could now you can jump really high and avoid his attacks. That's it. So it, it it instead of thinking it as storytelling, it's not like hey, ignore st storytelling, stop doing it. It's more of like here's what you actually should be focusing on. The element of storytelling that actually applies mostly to YouTubers is progression. I always say the act. I don't know if you saw the rest of the tweet, but I said three act. That's it. Three act outline. Act one, do something really awesome, right? Make it, make it your thumbnail. People click the thumbnail. They think that's pretty cool. They come in. They immediately see something really cool that wraps them in right in the action. Not, sorry, I didn't, you know, sorry, guys. My, you know, my dog had to go to the vet. I'm sorry. Jump right into the action. And then the next part should be do something even cooler, right? Give people, give people even more of a reason to stick around. Like, oh, my gosh, we started here. Now this is really awesome. All the while you're telling them, guys, guess what? Something crazy. Wait till we can jump to the moon at the end. And all of a sudden you go to the end and you're, and you're jumping to the moon, right? Um, that is the progression. That is pretty much the only progression that I think YouTube requires right now. And I would, I would leave that open for debate, right? Because I know everybody's like, storytelling, we got to tell stories, got to tell stories. No, you just need to progress. People just want to see you improve and do something cool, cooler, way cooler. That's it. I think as long as even the, the smallest of channels stick to that and go into the video with that kind of sense of progression, I think you're going to get, I think you're going to double, triple your views even overnight. Yeah, definitely. No, I think the word storytelling is often, I guess, misunderstood or misused. Um, like you were saying, it's really just keeping the attention and like mm -hmm. giving them something good and then something mm -hmm. like to look forward to, which is like, a lot more basic than i guess what storytelling often mm -hmm. is portrayed as but i think it's also could be used like either way it's yeah, just people in, think it's the wrong thing yes yeah i think you're right and i've read a lot of books on i think it was like building a story brand donald miller had a fantastic book on it i mean i'm sitting there like like doing my workouts and then just reading this and i'm just like oh my gosh i'm taking notes and then I try to apply it to YouTube, and I'm like, a lot of this is just unnecessary. This isn't an hour and a half Hollywood movie. This isn't something that I'm trying to, you know, for, forgive me if this is like, if this comes across as rude. I'm not trying to change the world with my 10-minute YouTube video and then do that tomorrow and, to, and the next day and the next day. Like, I can understand for some of these creators, some of the bigger creators that put out like one movie or sorry, one YouTube video a month is like kind of like a movie, right? Or even one per week, put the extra effort into it. But until then, you have guys like, you know, Kalis is somebody we've always looked at as thought, 
this guy this guy understands progression right a lot of these a lot of these uh channels that maybe a lot of people haven't even heard of they're at 100 million views per month because they understand okay what what cool thing is out uh oh spider-man's big okay let's make spider-man uh a little bit strong let's make him much stronger and then at the end he's gonna be huge and jacked he's gonna be really strong to beat up all the bad guys the end that's it like we don't need to tell a story. We don't need to know who Spider-Man is. What does he want? How does he accomplish his goals in life? How does he have a transformation in the end? And I say this sarcastically, but I don't even care to see that. I don't I don't know if I even want to see that in a YouTube video. I'm here to chill for like 10 to 12 minutes. I just want some action. I just want some cool stuff happening and someone getting bigger or stronger. And then I'm hopping to the next video where the same thing is happening, right? It's kind of like uh, money videos too. Um, if you try to, and this is big across gaming, this is big in, in the IRL challenges and stuff. How can we, how can we win the money? You know, if that's the ultimate goal of the, of the, of the, of the video, we're going to do like a challenge. We're going to do a harder challenge. Whoever, whoever wins the biggest, best, craziest challenge, they get the money. So again, it's, it's act one, act two, act three progression, get your, get your big goal and be out. So it's almost like we're taking storytelling and we're just taking that little chunk that actually matters and applies to us, and we're and we're making that the best part, uh, the the most important part of our video and retention and and all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not sitting down to watch a movie like you said. You're sitting down for that short period of time to mm -hmm. get this like quick little story in that's just right. condensed, and you have the parts that are, um, I guess, the more entertaining, the more dopamine fulfilled parts which yep. is like really all you need in a youtube video which is what you that's need that's true give give them a little bit of dopamine maybe they just like spider-man they're gonna click they get spider-man we don't need to tell you know this isn't hollywood movie we don't need to go through backstory of his parents and how they how they were killed and why he wants to beat the villain here's here's your spider-man enjoy <laughs> like that's kind of what it comes down to we don't want to we don't want to overcomplicate such a simple process why why is candy good because it has sugar in it like this is some of this some of this stuff is so simple um a good example would be have you ever watched the show impractical jokers yeah okay is there any storytelling in impractical jokers not like this is i'm just coming up with this off the top man i don't think so i mean there's yeah. really not it's like they they have a challenge go do it challenge go do it big challenge oh my gosh this is crazy and i am in i'm in love with that show i'm obsessed with it there is no story <laughs> like there's no like guide in there it's just to me it's just it's just really good content it's giving people what they want and giving it quickly in a in a in a progressive manner that's it i feel like that's all we need on youtube for like 95 99 percent of youtubers yeah totally now i've heard the the term uh i don't know if it's super common but like adhd editing it's like mm -hmm. you cut a lot and you yeah. do it like wrong which is yeah. like um kind of goes hand in hand with this right you're trying to like uh get through that quickly but then people often do it just completely wrong can you elaborate on that a little bit more yeah yeah man that's and that's a big conversation too and i i had a guy yell at me he was like in my twitter replies he goes oh i think that's offensive to adhd people and i was like i have adhd number one um i'm not offended by it by the way uh but no adhd editing i think came as a result of a lot of youtubers not really understanding why quick cuts were coming about um, we think like, oh, I've got to keep people entertained. 
I got to scream in your face. I got to cut, 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 zoom, camera shake. All that stuff I feel like is exhausting. If you're around somebody with ADHD all the time <laughs> and it's not on Ritalin, you're going to be like, whoa, bro. To just calm down, please. This is too much. That can translate into YouTube where I think for the most part, it's kind of like going back to like Impractical Jokers or you can see I'm like a, a fan of The Office. Um, I want to just chill and I want to just enjoy something. I don't need somebody screaming in my, in my face. You can go up big. You know, imagine the, 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 the office. I don't know if you've seen the episode. They were having a big fire drill. It was pure chaos and it was so funny, but it was like, 30 seconds, a minute at the intro. And then we just went into just the rest of the episode, right? Impractical Jokers, they're not screaming and stuff. They might laugh a lot at one part, but we need to come back down. That's the thing that I think, if there's something I can just tell YouTubers uh, very simply, give people a, a chance to come back down. Um, in TV, they call it like comic relief. They, there might be a really serious part and emotions are high and everybody's like energy levels here, bring it back down. Music, chorus, come back down chorus come back down lincoln park was is an old band and even though a lot less people are actually remembering who they are they were they were known for massive choruses and then coming down to almost like calm acoustic music and then boom guitar it like electric the drums would come in it'd be huge orchestral like music and then back down and that's something i think a lot of youtubers are not doing um you need to be like okay something really cool come back down Okay, something really awesome. It's almost like three three mini climaxes and then get out. That's it. Like mini, mini, big climax, get out of there. Um, but people have to have a, a, a time to just chill. You want, here's, I guess here's the big words. You want a passive viewer. You, you can start them as active, that's fine. But then you want to lull people into just a chill, almost vegetative state where you're just like, you're just consuming the content. You're not actively going, oh my gosh, what's he gonna do next? Oh, look at that guy. Look, You just want him to just like calm down and just calm down and just chill and watch your video. That's where, that's where a lot of watch time comes into it is when people aren't actively watching, they're just binging your content and they feel comfortable. If you can keep people comfortable, they're gonna stick around for longer. That's an interesting way to put it because that relates to almost like a life, I feel like, which is, I think it's just kind of how people are. You need mm -hmm. um, just to balance it out. Like you yeah. can't skew too far on either end or it's just too much because it's like yeah, too much comfort. You're not going to be engaged too mm -hmm. much of the ADHD editing. You're not going to like, I don't know, right. be able right. to fall back into the groove. But if you have somewhere in the middle, you can, um, I guess, just maintain that for such a, like a, either a longer period of time or, more repeated periods of time yeah which is yeah. really interesting good point we have highs and lows in life like hook, hook wrap them in 30 seconds give him 20 seconds of like you know mr beast today we're gonna be doing it. and he started that whole thing right and it's like if you i mean he's cutting like every 20 sec or excuse me two seconds sometimes even one second he'll have text images cuts zooms but one of the things that mr beast does and you can tell me i'm wrong i don't even know what his newest video is currently but if we pull it up, I guarantee you it's going to be five seconds or so of today we're going to be doing it. And then he's going to cut to his friend. All the music is going to cut out. Sometimes they even go black and white. And the friend's like, wait, what? And then after that, we're going to be it's like it, that's your that's your relief. That that small moment right there just 
is everything that I'm talking about now. The, the biggest, best YouTubers do this. They'll be like, all right, today we're going to go ahead and take Spider-Man. We're going to make him super strong. And then it's going to cut to like one little bit and he's going to like, you know, just be doing something funny, like just smashing a car back and forth, um, all music and everything cut out and then back to the voice. And then, and then some, you know, some other like little bit of relief, like even the creator, you don't even have to be funny when you're doing these things. Kind of like, wait, what? If somebody goes, wait, what are we doing? Like, that's not ha 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 funny, but it is, it is comfortable funny. It makes us feel like, ah, we can kind of relax for a second and then we're back to it. And then we're, so yeah, it is all about the ups and downs, but just giving people a little bit of relief. And then as the video goes on, so it's almost like we're like big energy level and then bring them down into just a comfortable lull. I don't know why I like that word so much, but just a lull, like just let them, let them chill before we do something really cool next and then lol like make people feel comfortable let them you don't want you don't want to exhaust people we've all seen those videos where we're like oh okay this is too much next and we ne will never come back because it was just too much in our face and we can't take that yeah definitely that's not something that i've really heard from anyone else which <laughs> yeah. it makes total sense to me <laughs> It's yeah, kind of funny. I'm telling you, a lot, a lot of what I do with these creators is, you know, it's almost like playing devil's devil's advocate. We had an intro where we did one of those uh, those cold opens recently, and it was, you know, how on YouTube you'll see like in this video dot dot dot, and it'll be the beginning is like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? And then it's it's from a piece at toward the end of the video, right? So it's kind of like here's what's gonna happen in this video. Stick around for this exciting thing later on. Um, and we were talking, I think the intro was 77% of 30 seconds. And that was pretty good. And our whole team, there's like 10 of us sitting around a table just talking about this with this channel that I'm working with. They're at 7 million subscribers. And we're all going, um, was that the right thing to do? Because the video itself didn't do as well. And, and everybody's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And I go, wait, 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 wait. What if the video did even better because we had that intro? So it's always good to kind of stop and look at it from a different direction. Say, well, what, what if, like, would, would the intro have been 68% if we didn't do that? Right. We can't just say this one moment. It's, it's, it's the biases that creep up in us, right? It's called a results bias. If I make a video about a Lego house and it doesn't do well, my mind is going to go, oh my gosh, people don't want Lego houses. No, maybe they, maybe they, maybe it was some other complete different aspect. Maybe they, maybe the Lego house is why it did get views in the first place, but there's a million other like different variables that wouldn't do well. So it's always good as YouTubers to say, you know what, we, we aren't thinking about this, but what if, right? What about this? What if this, and just kind of brainstorm all the different variables and what we think we know with what might actually be different than what we, what we believe currently yeah that's totally true i feel like that's difficult for a lot of creators because you are the only person working on your channel mm -hmm. and so thinking of it like you have to play devil's advocate for yourself you which is kind <laughs> yeah. of a weird thing yeah there's a there's a saying it's hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle and yeah. i'm like man that's so true that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that i bring to a channel is i come on and i'm like what is this mess right like what what is how do you even function in this mess i'm not even a super organized person but i'm like 
look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up a Trello. We're going to schedule. We're going to start scheduling videos in those cards. I want five to 10 variations of titles. We're going to have four different sketches of thumbnails. They're going to be based off of other successful formats on videos. And we're going to have some test ones, like some unique ones that we think are going to do. And, and you go, you go out of this channel, you start building these, like these systems, right? And everybody just feels a lot better and you can kind of step back from your own work and see, am I actually doing the right thing, right? When you're just so inundated and it's just all around you and that's all you can see in front of your eyes. Yeah, it is really hard to see like, is there a different way to, that I can do this? Is this the best way for me to find success on YouTube? Good question yeah, to ask. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's so true because like using, I mean, I guess if you're like in a group, like you mentioned, you're the one playing devil's advocate mm -hmm. which is a very important role even though it might not be like an obvious one which you're often right like you were saying um maybe this is the reason that it worked as mm -hmm. opposed to maybe true this is not the reason yep. that's true now, that's true it's kind of hard to determine that how can you like tell is there a way to tell Good if question. like that is the reason it worked mm -hmm. or is mm -hmm. that not yes so I, I joke and I kind of call myself a, a YouTube scientist um, and I joke about it, but really it's the absolute truth. I am a YouTube scientist and it didn't occur to me until I, until I realized I was running multiple AB tests for many different creators. I even do my own. I mean, my entire channel is built off AB tests. What do people want to see? What do they not want to see and why? Um, so like any scientist, if, okay, so here's, a, here's a really good example. And this is anybody listening to this can as as a youtuber can relate to this should i put my face on my thumbnails or not that is a huge question everybody wants to know i kind of know the answer at this point so i'll share i'll share how how i found how i found this out so i actually use TubeBuddy, um not not affiliated or anything but shout out to them just because i love a b testing so what i'll do is as with any scientist the more the greater the sample size the more accurate your results right if you can test 100 test 100 but five will do 10 will do Take 10 of uh, 10 older videos that are still kind of getting views and run the exact same thumbnail. Again, as a scientist, you only want to change one variable. If I change the title and the thumbnail and I don't know, cut out parts of the video, that's not going to help me. I need to just have the same thumbnail and then I need to put my face on that same thumbnail. If I need to rearrange just a little bit, I will. But after five or 10 videos, you're going to get data. Hmm, CTR was, was higher on this one. Uh, whether it be the face or not the face. And that's that's how you're going to know. I mean, that is that is literally like what I just said is is how a lot of the biggest channels across YouTube are formed. More sample size. Let me test these individual variables. How did it do? Okay, let's keep doing that then. We'll test it again later. We'll test it again in six months because people's taste might have changed by that. What I have found with face on a thumbnail and no face on a thumbnail, ready for this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really does not matter. Uh, I can give you all kinds of theories if, if you want them. Uh, it'll depend on the channel too. But really, for the most part, what I found is that it doesn't even matter. Put it on. Don't put it on. All that matters is the thumbnail itself. Is Did you have a good enough concept in the first place? And then were you able to thumbnail that concept appropriately and clearly? My number one word for thumbnails right now is not color color you know what, what's the uh what's the word color um color theory 
color theory. Um, there's a big focus on color theory, contrasting colors. None of that is that stuff. It can, it can be very important, but the only thing that truly matters at its core is, was it a good concept? And did you clearly show that concept on the thumbnail and then mess with t-shirt colors if you want to then mess with the background oh the sky needs to be lighter blue or darker blue i have found that those things don't matter and as a youtube scientist it sounds so cheesy but through testing through actual data and numbers that's what i have found will i be proven wrong yeah sure i'm i'm, I'm not dying on the cell i don't care if i do another 10 tests in six months and it says faces are better on a thumbnail that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be putting a thumbnail or a face on every thumbnail until I find that it's not as effective. You can do the same thing with intros. You could do the same thing. We were talking about Lego house throughout this entire thing. If I want to build a Lego house, if I put one video out and it doesn't do well, and it was about a Lego house, my brain is going to want to say, must've been the Lego house. Let's not do that again. It could have been a hundred different factors. Do five videos with Lego houses. If three of them flop, skip the last two fine maybe it's lego house let's move on to the next thing all right but you have to commit to these and and every video that you put out should be intentional in testing we do not pick a random mobile variety game or anything like that without intentionally thinking if this video goes off where do we go after that if this video flops how are we going to fix it what alternate thumbnails uh do we have available and what doors close as a result of this video not doing well it's all intentional you have to think past that single video for that day as a youtube scientist i keep doing that i'm gonna break my fingers with quotations talking about youtube scientists you have to be a youtube scientist you have to isolate variables test what works see what your audience responds to because again it's not what you or i like if i make a video cool i like it yeah i made it i like this video cool all that matters is does the audience respond to this video or not? That's it. So it's a matter of what does the audience respond to and how do we get them that product? That's what you're testing for. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting how you related to scientific testing and not being attached to the result necessarily, mm -hmm. which is really important because when people see that their video got like a 10 out of 10 or a 1 out of 10, it's like almost devastating or yep. um, they kind of get like a high off of it. Oh, which yeah. it's like oh, yeah. you really should be able to just kind of like analyze it and be like, why did this work or why didn't this work? Exactly. Detach from it. I become desensitized. Uh, years and years of 10 out of 10s, 9 out of 10s, 8, 7. Years and years of 1 out of 10. I'm like, hey, that looks cool. Let me screenshot that. Let me put it on Twitter because I'm proud of it. It's cool. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. The next day, the next week, we've got a whole new video to replicate that same success. It's long-term, right? So that's 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 the goal is, like you said, detach from the emotions of, oh man, people don't like me. That's not, that's not it at all. You just, you just, they, they came to a lemonade stand and they wanted lemonade and you gave them water and they're going, no thanks, I don't want this, right? They don't hate you for it. They just weren't given what they wanted to receive. That's it. That's how you have to look at it. The audience is looking for something. What am I looking for when I watch Impractical Jokers or The Office? I don't really know. I can't really tell you. But the producers and and the guys on the show and all the actors, they're giving it to me. Whatever whatever that may be, a, million, a thousand different factors. I can tell you a, a bunch of different things that I like about it. But again, my brain 
either likes it and I stick around or it doesn't. I'm not writing a pro cons list. I'm not going, well, you know, the office, the writing is pretty good. No, I just enjoy it or I don't enjoy it. That is it. On YouTube, you are, you are creating for people's brains to enjoy. It sounds so weird to say, but that's it. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, totally. Now, you mentioned you might like if a video doesn't work or if a thumbnail isn't necessarily um, optimal or like the best one they could do, you go back and change it. Now, how does it matter how far back a video is to change it? Like, will it still get clicks if it's if you change a video from, say, like, I don't know, six months ago? Yeah, yeah. So the smaller of a channel you are, if you're only getting one view per hour, leave it. Um, there's probably better videos for you to test, right? But let's say let's say you're a small channel and you're getting ten views per hour. These are these are small small numbers, but it can work on a smaller channel. Uh, for channels that I work with, we might be getting uh, five hundred, a thousand views an hour, and we're going, well, could we get more? Um, so here's my favorite thing about fixing old thumbnails. Number one. If you can, if you can fix the video title, thumbnail, whatever, if you can fix that video, you're getting free views, right? Hey, who, who doesn't want free views? I might double my views and there and therefore double my revenue for the lifetime of that video. But here's the most important factor. If I fix that video, I will know exactly what I did to fix that video. And I can use that same information, right? Through like, we're talking with scientific tests. I use that same information now on my next video. That's going to go out soon. So you're not only improving your backend stats for years to come, right? I mean, I still like, I haven't made a video in two years and I'm still making hundreds of dollars every single month. I think it's like 500 bucks a month off of some old top 10 videos. But you take that, that old stuff, you build up your backlog, you improve your, you, you improve your backlog, but you're also learning, hey, what's, what's gonna work for me on the next videos that I have coming out this week? That it's twofold and very crucial things that every YouTuber should be doing. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's like, I don't know, it's hard to say for, uh, like you mentioned, smaller creators, it's hard to say how it's like really affects it because it's kind of is that really small number. Mm. But like, yeah, you definitely can like go back and change some of those things. Right. Now, I want to talk about like kind of how you got started with this was it all just like trial and error as you're building mm -hmm. your channel over like that period of time yeah yeah i posted on twitter i always love the uh the quote it was like the master has failed far more times than the student has tried or something like that and i was just like man that's youtube like you want to be good at youtube fail a lot that's i mean that's successes are good too but really the truth is you learn through failure i didn't learn math by being perfect at i learned by going uh yeah three plus two is six and then someone's like no it's not six and you're like oh it's five it's five and then you just never forget that it's ever that it's five right and it's like it's the same process when you learn anything and i'm fortunate just be just me being a a, a fourth grade teacher like I mean, I was working with nine to 10 year olds and every day we were learning something new in math and reading. And I mean, those kids, all they do is they come in and they fail all day and you're, you're there as a teacher to go. Awesome. Good. That means, that means you're learning stuff. And so with YouTube, if you get a 10 out of 10, it's, 
it's great. Like I, I actually enjoy it now because I go, and of course I don't love, I don't, I don't love, you know, seeing low views, but I'm like, okay, sweet. We get to fix this thing. Now's I'll tell creators. I'm like, now's the fun part. Here we go. You ready? You ready to save this thing? And then we're going to find out exactly how we can save this. Uh, one, one thing I like to remind people, you take a channel like Mr. Beast, right? And I don't know exactly how many people he's got working with him, but uh, somewhere around probably 75 people on his team. I don't know he, if he ever watches this, he might be laughing. Like <laughs> yeah, I got 300 people. I try to remind people, I'm like, they're not all like stage, stage assistants, you know, set, like, like building sets and, and things like that. He has a big team of, of creative minded people and none of them are right. A hundred percent of the time. If Mr. Beast himself, the King of YouTube, probably the smartest guy across all of YouTube if he if he could be right 100% of the time, he would just sit at his desk, he would just write up a couple of ideas. Here we're going to make this this team work on this this video concept, this team we're not right 100% of the time. He brings in people to to add brain power to the mix so that you can do something that's very crucial on YouTube and that is risk minimization, right? It's the same thing as if, if a business is um we'll we'll take like 100 thieves or phase if they're putting out a new merch line, they're not guessing they're filling the room with very talented people going through multiple variations of like, you know, hoodies and hats and everything, because when they put it out to their audience, they need it to be the, the highest chance of success possible. That is why all of this is important, like failure, A-B testing and, and, and going through the mud for years and then you, 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 over time, you just, you learn the things that don't work and you learn the things that do work. You could throw an idea at me right now because I've seen so many and I could tell you that's probably going to be a six out of 10, or that's going to be, that's going to be a two out of 10, possibly a one out of 10. That's, that's the, that's the brain you develop for doing this for years experience with anything, right? It's the same thing as I'm, if I'm playing guitar or something or piano and I hit the wrong, the, the, I'm playing a chord and I hit the wrong note. Some people who don't know piano, they don't, they don't even know, they don't even hear it, but you're over there going, oh, dang it. I messed up. Right. It's like you, you, you get good and you get this like brain for this is going to work or no, I don't think this is going to work. And here's why you back it up with that evidence too, based on past experiences and, and other, other, other ways. Yeah, totally. It's definitely just like that. I don't know. You got to learn. Mm -hmm. Now keep sticking with this theme. We're almost at the end of the episode just because there's time. Um, one thing I asked everyone is, what is one piece of advice that you'd give either like yourself previously or just like a new creator to like help them progress Man. through this YouTube game? Yeah. There is so much advice, but here's, here's the thing that I would say with anybody, and it sounds so cliche, do not quit stop quitting oh my gosh there's nothing more frustrating i've had neighbors come to me uh even students and students parents would come up to me and be like hey i started a youtube channel and they put out their first video they'll get five or ten views to them that's a lot right because they posted it on facebook or they shared it with their friends and then by the fifth video they're getting one view i get that it sucks that's where people quit um that's why people like me and and other youtubers we're celebrating we're like hey if if, if it wasn't so hard we wouldn't even have a job, a career if anybody, if everybody could do it. Um, but the truth is I could teach you everything in the world. I could literally teach people everything in the world. But if you quit, 
that's it. What's the point? You just, it, to me, it's just a waste of time. Like all that knowledge that you could have learned, the the life that you could have now. I, I, I mean, it wasn't, uh, it was like six months or a year before I even got paid for my YouTube videos. And I put a lot of time into this, but I had a vision. I said, I'm going to do this. And I said, that's it. I'm not quitting. And and sure enough, I made it. And everybody, everybody who's made it has thought about quitting multiple times. They have had days where they were depressed because they got five, 10 out of 10s in a row and they thought their career was over. All of them. Name your favorite YouTuber, streamer, doesn't matter. There are hard times where you just want to be done, but you can't. You have to, you have to keep going. So if anybody's listening to this and they're like, man, there's no point. I've only I've been doing this for five years. I've only got 10 views per video. I'm at 500 subs. You're doing something wrong. Keep learning. Just don't quit. L keep learning. But but number one, do not stop. Just keep pushing. You're gonna you're gonna come through it eventually. Eventually something's gonna click. So that's my that's my main piece of advice. That is great. That's like the perfect piece of advice for like getting through the first part of YouTube where yes. you're just building up, learning everything that you need before you can like really I guess get yeah. going with it which is awesome all right so are there any projects you want to talk about or socials you want to plug real quick man um i'm going to be launching our new agency soon it's called viewjoy media so that's a that's a good good time to post as it's going to be like package deals people will be able to say i have exactly this many uploads per month I need the editing package with it. I want this, this, and the other thing, right? And there's going to be anywhere from low, low to high paying, right? Because I, I do charge quite a bit to go onto a channel and just elevate the, you know, double views. Like that's, it's, it's worth, it's very much so worth it. But right now you're hiring me. I want people to be able to hire me and a team of experts that are devoted to their channel at all levels. So Viewjoy Media is where it's at. If you want news about that, uh, follow me on Twitter, just at that Denver guy, YT. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the the uh, show. Of course, man. Of course. Love it. And uh, yeah, best of luck to you as you keep creating content, man. This is great. Thanks for having me on.